having people in your life to counsel, give you advice, help you to uh, address issues from your past and, and heal from things that in your past and heal from issues you may be still be carrying is very appropriate and can ha- happen in that type of setting. But then you can also have people who are more encouragers and coaches in the sense that they're like, hey, let's help you to make set some goals and to get some practice in and to work on these skills so that you can accomplish and do well. And both are appropriate and neither one is better or worse than the other. We need both. You're listening to the Experience Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Ajene Gaylord, and I endeavor to educate, encourage, and empower women to embrace emotional healing and eradicate the stigma of mental health in the body of Christ. On this episode, you get to hear a conversation between Michelle and I, where we talk a little bit about counseling versus coaching. What was your recent experience that even led you to bring this subject up? I was sharing with my friend. Well, she actually just did a Marco Polo for me about the difference between, in her opinion, about the difference between counseling mm-hmm. and coaching. Because um, she went through like classes specifically to do coaching. Mm-hmm. And, but there's this person that's, um, She's a counselor and she has a lay counseling program that I'm considering for the fall. So I was kind of just asking the difference. And so she did a Marco Polo for me. But um, anyways, I was talking to her about the joy of you and I and the synergy and everything like that. I just like this experience with you has been such a eye opening what is possible type of thing right just two friends who are supporting each other helping each other cheering each other on what we have been able to accomplish just it seems like the sky's the limit that you know it just it makes me want that in other areas and to help encourage other people in that way right um So, yeah, whether it's, you know, the specifics of learning podcast stuff or whatever, I feel like it's more just the experience in general, kind of. So she was telling me and I'm like, I wonder if it's specifically because of this, but she said, like, as a coach, how did she explain it? Something like she's trained to see how a person's countenance changes over Mm -hmm. time through the conversations and such. She was saying about coaching is that there's the positive aspect to it, right? That you are trying to help a person to the future versus counseling kind of looking backwards and that even counselors can burn out because of kind of the burden weight of the counselingness versus coaching being like an accountability and, and helping and helping the person create their own goals. But then there's like the accountability and stuff. So um, I thought that was, that helped me to kind of understand that because when I, when I'm just talking with her and we've never 
established any sort of relationship as far as like she's officially coaching me or she's counseling me like it's just a friendship and Mm -hmm. but she's also been you know kind of helping me with some things just through our conversations um but I was just interested in you know what training she had or didn't have and and things like that and because it's her girlfriend that she's known for like 20 years or something that is doing the counseling and had invited me into this lay counseling, um, which I look at for ministry purposes, you know, whether it's through a church or through the pregnancy center or whatever, Mm -hmm. like just having tools, right. In order to help people. Um, and so it's, kind of I'm like okay false calming false calming like is this something I'm serious about am I willing to invest the time and energy and such to her lay counseling um or not mm-hmm. so when you were talking it made me think about uh because counseling and therapy are used interchangeably and in some contexts uh, you can't, they can't overlap, but there is more of a focus in therapy on identifying the trauma, the grief, the issue that needs to be addressed and healed versus counseling in its definition can just mean someone who is there to give advice or counsel, you know, that kind of thing. Right. But as far as from a psychoanalytic or psychotherapy perspective, you can use the terms interchangeably, but definitely there's a difference like you were sharing between coaching and counseling and what uh, illustration came to mind was like all of us understand what it's like to have a coach on a sports team. So if you have a football coach, he's the person kind of identifying the plays. Their goal is to win the game. So there's some established goal that you're trying to achieve. And so there's a lot of training that happens, a lot of drills that get run, just like helping you to go through the process of taking the action in order to accomplish Mm -hmm. a goal. Whereas for counseling or therapy, the idea is more like what a physical therapist would do for that same athlete, that same football player, if they got injured. They would need some time to heal and recover. There will be some some steps that the physical therapist will walk them through, actually be with them, maybe even lift their leg or arm or whatever it is to help with the recovery process from the injury. And the goal is to ultimately be healed in order to return to optimal functioning. So that's a good illustration of the differences between what a coach can do and what a counselor or therapist's role would be. There's more to, like you said, if you look back on a lot of psychoanalysis, it's all about looking back on your childhood, identifying all the trauma, mm-hmm. addressing all the issues, and and being able to over acknowledge those things to be able to overcome and to heal and have better function, kind of like a physical therapist would be to an athlete. Well, a coach, once you get back on the field, they're not going to be spending a lot of time going back and talking about your injury or trying to rehearse all of that. Mm-hmm. They're saying, hey, get out here and run these drills, get out here and do this, these plays, get out here and, you know, get with the team, even get with the rest of the team and be a, a thriving member of the team for us to get to the goal of, of the championship, so to speak. So if we understand those principles, I think we'll remove the stigma of what counseling can do and what it's for. And then even embrace where coaches come along in different forms. You know, in the body of Christ, we are called to be disciples, to make disciples. And a lot of times 
when you are a believer, especially when you first come into the faith, there's a lot of learning going on. There's a lot that you have yet to understand about the faith. And so having people in your life to counsel, give you advice, help you to uh, address issues from your past and, and heal from things that in your past and heal from issues you may be still be carrying is very appropriate and can ha- happen in that type of setting. But then you can also have people who are more encouragers and coaches in the sense that they're like, hey, let's help you to make set some goals and to get some practice in and to work on these skills so that you can accomplish and do well. And both are appropriate and neither one is better or worse than the other. We need both. So especially because at one point, if an athlete plays long enough, they're going to experience some injury at some point or another. It may not be as severe as someone else. It may not end their career. But at some point, every athlete is going to experience the fatigue of their body and eventually have some level of injury, even if it's just my muscles, you know, need to be repaired and and need recovery time. Right. So as people living in a fallen world, in a fallen condition that our bodies are in, at some point, we're going to experience some sort of injury, whether that's physical body injury through disease and medical issues, whether that's mental injury and dis-ease through mental health concerns, whether that's things that are going on with our spiritual walk where we may feel disconnected from God for a season and really feel lost or alone. At some point throughout this journey, we're all going to experience some injury. So if we can accept that a part of the process of our sanctification and even our spiritual growth includes coaches and counselors, we'll remove that stigma and feel a little bit more apt, I believe, to then embrace where God will allow for us to be able to engage in those practices, both being appropriate and and beautiful and useful. And then those of us who are called to be those types, to be counselors and to be coaches and to provide these things to the other people in the body of Christ, we'll begin to equip ourselves more readily to offer it in a way that honors God and honors the people that we're serving and helping. So I love this conversation around counseling versus coaching or therapy and counseling and just discussing the different ideas concerning what these things are and why we have so much stigma around them. But to begin to really accept that each person has or each you know, person, whether on the field and on the team or a part of the leadership as far as being a coach or being a part of the PT crew, whatever your role is, we all have one. And when we're all functioning the way that we've been created to, then we can benefit the whole body. So the whole body mm-hmm. of Christ can benefit when we recognize that the eye is not the ear, that the nose is not the teeth. And so if we do the part in the body that we're supposed to do, we should not despise someone else. So a coach should not be despised by a counselor. They both have a unique role. And actually, if they work in concert, ultimately, the athlete is going to be able to win. Ultimately, the team is going to be able to win. So if we look at the team as the body of Christ, and we look at the athlete as each believer, if we all understand our own journey and our part in this, then we're all going to win. Yeah. So I wonder, do you think there's the possibility, though, that we are in different roles at different times to a degree, right? Like that, it depending on the relationship, you know, depending, like, because maybe um, with your peers, you're one way versus, you know, with 
older generations or younger generations, like maybe generationally, even at times you have this role or that role or, or things like that, or even like the advice piece of counsel, right? You're going to take counsel from someone who has wisdom to share with you. Um, yeah. So I, I think that was a question Yeah. <laughs> as far as maybe that changes from time to time or relationship to relationship, you know? Absolutely. I just watched this movie with my son the other day. It was about a, I think it's a true story. It was about a, a NFL coach who got into some controversy and ended up being suspended for a year. So he went to his son's town and ended up being the coach for his son's team and, you know, was able to help the team progress. But through that process, he learned a lot of life lessons. He had to kind of let go of some of his ideas and attitudes. And what was interesting to me watching that movie with my son was seeing the transformation of this man who didn't have a relationship with his son because he had put all of his effort into his career But after that suspension and being sidelined for a short period of time, he learned a ton of lessons and it really expanded even his ability to coach and move forward. And he did eventually return to his career. But it just made me think about your question that, yes, we can have different roles in different seasons and in different stages of our lives. I think every athlete who or every coach I think they learn the game first, right? So for the most part, Mm -hmm. you start out as a kid who's interested and you start playing the sport. And then over time, you recognize your ability to help lead others in that way and eventually become a coach or same thing with teachers. Teachers usually are great students. (laughs) They're usually the Mm -hmm. teacher's pet and, you know, straight A students in a lot of cases, or they're really excited about knowledge and learning and information. So they start out as a student and then over time they recognize their gift to actually teach and lead others. And I think it does happen that way where you do change in different seasons and with different relationships, you may be a coach in one relationship, but a counselor figure in another, not a literal, mm-hmm. you know, psychoanal- <laughs> psychoanalysis right. type of counselor or therapist, but you may offer counsel or wisdom or advice to certain in certain relationships and then in others. For example, the parenting role changes when your children are babies. It's all about taking care of them, nurturing them, giving their meeting their needs. Then as they start to grow and mature and become more independent, then there's more a lot of teaching that goes on in those early years of like correcting behavior and demonstrating the right uh, attitudes and behaviors and, you know, given dis- discipline when, you know, behavior isn't correct and all those type of things and really just shaping and molding and teaching. Then there's a season when they take on their own lives and they're old enough to take on a little bit more autonomy over their lives and decisions you step back a little bit from making decisions on their behalf to now advising them or sharing your opinion without telling them what they can and cannot do. So just in that type of relationship, it can progress. So I think being mindful of our gifts, our un- the unique ways that God has crafted each of us, our calling, our relationships, like all of who we are is, is in turn a part of how we show up in the world, how we show up for other people And the more in tune we are and the more accepting we are of who God created us to be, the better we're able to show up. And so that means if you have injury, right, if you've been wounded in some way, if you have trauma or grief, get it addressed. There's no there should be no stigma attached to receiving help to address those needs and Mm -hmm. and to be able to heal from those issues because it makes you better for yourself 
and therefore the relationships and the people in the world around you. So I mm-hmm. think if we can stop stigmatizing people and stop making them feel shame over the fact that they were injured, it may not have been their fault. Someone else may have done something that impacted them. As a matter of fact, I tell my children this all the time. The enemy lies to us and makes us think that when we sin, it's just our sin, right? It belongs to us. It's just us. It only impacts us. That's a lie. Sin ripples out through all of creation, through all of our relationships. So when we sin, it has an impact on other people. And so that's why we ought to strive you know, towards living a life that Christ modeled for us, which was a sinless life. That's the whole premise mm-hmm. of the gospel is that he came as a sinless sacrifice for us because he didn't give in to the temptation that we all face. He didn't give in to the impulses that we all face. Even though people did him wrong, he didn't in turn respond by doing harm to others that like he gave us the example, but it isn't easy because We don't have the divine nature in the same way that he has it. He lends it to us through the Holy Spirit. And so we get to choose to honor him and choose to follow the word of God and choose to follow the spirit of God and live by the spirit of God. And when we do that, we can then overcome the flesh and the issues and the concerns of the flesh. And we can overcome these injuries and wounds and griefs and losses that we experience that do have an impact on us, but they don't have to take us captive, so to speak. So I think it's beautiful to think about the progressive relationships that we do, do all have and how we can be a like a coach or like a counselor to all the relationships in our lives and that we can recognize mm-hmm. when we need professional counseling that that's okay. If we need to hire a professional coach because we're trying to accomplish a business goal and we really need somebody to cheer us on and help us and give us a strategy to win, that that's okay too. And there's no shame in that either. So I think we just really, we're going to talk about that a lot on this show of the stigma that we walk around with in the body of Christ in particular around mental health. But I think it's very key to understand God created our mind, will, and emotions. And he created those to connect with him. But because we're in a fallen condition, we may experience that fallenness, so to speak, and it impacts our mind, our will and emotions. It impacts how we think. It impacts how we behave. It impacts how we feel. And we have to make sure to keep readdressing those concerns to keep um, on the forefront, so to speak, of what we need to do to care for our emotions and to care for our thoughts and not to take uh, our let, allow our thoughts to just run wild. We have to take our thoughts captive make them line up with the obedience of Christ. We can't have lofty imaginations and high things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. We have to bring those things down and put them in the right place. So as long as we can remember that, I think we can show up for others and ourselves in a way that honors God and honors creation and one another. The life work for this episode is going to be for you to examine the coaches in your life and the people who play a counseling role. Now, you could choose to hire professionals in both categories. So whether you choose to hire a professional counselor or even seek biblical counseling or Christian counseling and or you hire a professional coach who will help you to identify goals and set benchmarks and that type of thing. 
You can even choose to look around at the people who actually fulfill those roles that may not necessarily be a professional paid type of experience where these are friends or family members or other people within your community who can speak into your life and help you examine things. So just do a little bit of life work and write down the people who play these roles in your life and even where you may play these roles for others. That's it for this episode. If you have been enjoying listening, please consider sharing and subscribing to the podcast. And until next time, remember, you have been set free to live free. So choose freedom. Freedom.